You're avoiding the bank. You're becoming your own bank, also known as the infinite banking system. Biggest criticism to the infinite banking movement is they're almost like we need to rid ourselves of banks. And I don't think whole life insurance is a solution to that. I think it's a tool. And the way that I explain it is just a more efficient way to save and use your money. Here's how you become your own bank. You buy full life insurance policies. As you put in money, what's happening is your cash flow is growing. It's what's called compounding. Now, what you do is you could borrow against that cash value and you could go buy a car. You could go buy real estate. And now what you're doing is you're paying yourself the interest. For Those of you that continue to follow our journey, I don't like when people say you're paying yourself interest. Uh, you're actually not paying yourself interest. You're paying the insurance company interest and your money is continuing to be in the policy and getting all the benefits. And so it's those little bit language uh, that make infinite banking, I think give infinite banking a bad name, but he's showing the banks that use this. So let's continue. Versus a bank. But meanwhile, that cash value is uninterrupted, which means it keeps growing. Which means you're not borrowing your own money, you're borrowing against it. It's as if you never took the money out. Why? You didn't take it out. You just borrowed against that amount from yourself. Banks do this all the time. You walk into a bank, you give them your money, and they give you a 1% interest. And what do they do? They take your money and they go loan it out for 7%, 8% interest, and they make that spread on you. But now you're avoiding the bank. You're becoming your own bank, also known as the infinite banking system. All right. So here, here's my two cents. I think overall, that's a good concept of infinite banking. You use whole life insurance, you borrow against yourself, pay the insurance company back, your money's continuing to grow. But the whole concept of infinite banking is like to remove yourself from the banking system. That's just not the strategy that I think is going to be a winning strategy for so many people. Like the winning strategy should be to be efficient. How can we save our money and use it efficiently? It's not how to remove the money from the bank. Like that's probably my biggest criticism to the infinite banking movement is they're almost like we need to rid ourselves of banks. And I don't think whole life insurance is a solution to that. I think it's a tool. And the way that I explain it is just a more efficient way to save and use your money. And so the next video that we're going to look at is the, a video of a stitch from actually one of my friends, uh, Humphrey. And this, this person is going to tell us why whole life insurance or permanent life insurance is a bad idea. Let's talk about the four worst investments that I think you can make. And so the first, by the way, I will react to Humphrey's full video or at least his segment on life insurance in a later video. Investment that he mentions is whole life insurance. And I couldn't agree more. Let me show you why. In this example, let's compare term life with whole life insurance. Here we have term life million dollar policy starting at 30 years old, $47 per month for 20 years, but a whole life policy million dollar coverage yep. starting at 30 years. Big difference is they're reverse engineering term life insurance, whole life insurance by the death benefit. And I couldn't agree more. Like if you've, again, followed our content and you want a permanent, if you want a death benefit, term insurance is a way cheaper way to get a temporary term benefit, whereas whole life insurance is like, you're not going to have any cash value in the first couple of years when you do this this way, because you're just buying the pure death benefit. You're not overfunding it as a place where people talk about infinite banking. Old. $837 per month for the rest of your life. Now there are four main components to a whole life policy, the agent, the premium, the cash value, and the death benefit. The agent in this example gets a very high commission, which on average is one year of your monthly premium, which is about $10,000. The monthly premium is going to vary by your age, health, and coverage. The cash value, which is what makes whole life different than term life, doesn't actually start accruing until two to five years after you pay your ridiculous premium. Yeah, and, and that's actually true if you're just buying whole life for the death benefit. And again, I don't want to bad mouth whole life insurance just for the death benefit, but I think we could all agree that 
Um, it's not the most sexy vehicle if you're just buying permanent death benefit because it's going to take literally two to five years to start accruing cash value, which is obviously not the point of quote unquote infinite banking. Which means you've paid about $25,000 for a million dollar death benefit that you could have got for $47 per month if your cash value doesn't start accruing for 2.5 years. And then again, in this example, your death benefit is a million dollars and that's all your family get when you die. It does not include your cash value no matter how much money you have in it. It only includes the the, the pushback here. And again, I, I want to see both sides because I actually agree with this video for the most part is if you're putting money into a whole life insurance policy and your cash value is accruing, if it's set up at all like overfunded or max funded, your death benefit is going to continue to grow each year faster than what you're putting in. So you could say like, oh, people steal my cash value when I die. Well, you could start with a, a million dollar death benefit. You contribute, let's just say $10,000 a year for 10 years. Then when you pass away, you only get the death benefit, but the death benefit's going to be greater than a 1.1 million or something. It's going to be higher than that because the death benefit's going to increase at a greater rate than your cash value. And so that's kind of a, a fallacy. It's a talking point that a lot of people use that just is not relevant for you know, when we say infinite or max funded life insurance, it is relevant if you're just looking at a typical life insurance policy with no riders, um, then you you could literally say that, you know, 10 years from now, the death benefit is the exact same. And you could make the argument that they steal your cash value. The death benefit. But let's just say you didn't know this. And person A decides to do whole life. They die at the age of 85 and they've paid almost half a million dollars for their family to receive a million dollars when they die. But person B is very smart. They also die at 85. Between the ages of 30 and 50, they pay for term life insurance, which is around $11,000. And they also invest $500 a month at 7% between the ages of 30 and 85. So throughout their life, they've paid a total of $330,000 in their investment. But when they die, their family gets almost $4 million. It really doesn't get any more clear than that. The type of person that whole life policy works for is so minute that it shouldn't even exist. And the only people still selling it are the ones who get paid to. Yeah, no. So let's let's talk about the pros of this video. I, I tend to agree a lot with what she's saying is like, typically, if you're looking at term insurance or whole life and you're and you're saying, hey, you could buy a temporary term, which is 30 years for 50, 60, 70 dollars, or you could, you know, put eight hundred dollars to buy that same death benefit like Yes, if you if you just look at insurance as an investment and you're just comparing person A versus person B, like obviously if if someone's just putting their money into life insurance, they're not utilizing it, they're not max funding it. We can all raise our hand and say for the majority of people, majority of people should not do that. If you followed any of our content when it comes to quote unquote infinite banking, we are looking at the life insurance policy as a place to store and use money. And usually there's a trade off of like a four or five years, meaning you have less money than what you put in for about the first four or five years. And then after that, you actually have more money in your policy than what you would have in a savings account or a checking account. And then we teach people on how they can leverage that and do other things while your policy is growing more at like a three and a half to four and a half percent tax-free growth rate instead of a two to three percent that she's showing. And the whole point of, of that is life insurance as an asset unlocks and gives you so many benefits in the future, but you're also using that insurance to buy other assets. I, I would never say that you should put all your money into life insurance and just see what happens. I'm very against people putting all their money into index universal life and seeing what happens. I'm very against people putting all their money into whole life and seeing what happens. I think um, if you're going to do the whole stock market investment um, strategy, use life insurance as a portion that replaces maybe your bonds. So maybe a portion of your portfolio should just go towards the bond of your portfolio. But if you are an entrepreneur, if you're an investor, 
just see the infinite banking policy as a as a way to store and use your money. But if you're going to do that, you have to work with someone who sets it up properly, who gets paid one tenth to set up a typical policy like what she laid out. And it has to have early break evens and it has to be a lot more flexible. So overall, I think, again, this is interesting that one of these videos popped up as one of the infinite banking videos. And I think for the most part, if you're investing in whole life insurance, it's going to be a bad deal. And so that's what that's where I always struggle, like being a person that's a niche in this strategy, because I know so many people are doing the wrong things. I, I would love to hear your thoughts in this from a standpoint is, is there points that I miss? Is there points that she made that were really good that I didn't cover? For the most part, if I was taking a step back, I would say I agree with her, her thoughts. Um, I think you got to be really, really careful. So last video that we're going to talk about is infinite banking fully explained. I think it's less than two minutes. So let's let's jump in. You put your money inside a life insurance policy. A portion of your money goes towards the death benefit protection that covers your family if you die. But the majority of your money is actually going to... The majority of money is going to the cash value, unlike typical whole life or IULs, where almost no money in the first couple of years goes to the cash value. Towards the cash value side of the contract. Essentially, that's like equity inside your own death benefit. On top of your money that you pay into the cash value, the insurance company pays you dividends that help grow your cash value even faster. We then go to the insurance company and borrow against our cash value. We use our cash value as collateral to support a loan against our own policy. We're able to use this money completely tax-free, and since we never actually take the money out of the policy, all of our cash value continues to accrue the dividends from the insurance company uninterrupted. Yeah, I mean, that's a for a minute or for 50 seconds, that's a pretty good uh, explanation. Here's here's what I would say to that. Um, if anyone's teaching you to do infinite banking and by default, you're going to be rich and wealthy, I would just be aware. I also wouldn't start infinite banking if you can't fund it properly. And so we suggest having an initial $10,000 a year to get started. That might tick some people off, but at the end of the day, it might be worth waiting a year or two and saving that up and getting term insurance. I love term insurance. I love term insurance that especially gives our us options for the future and it protects your family now. And it also allows you to really focus on making money and, and focus on maybe continuing to build up cash in a checking account or in a savings account so that you can fund a life insurance properly. And so that's one thing that comes to my mind. And the other thing is if people are obsessed about you buying like, cars and groceries and going on vacations with your infinite banking policy and you're going to win because you're the bank it's just not going to work that way it's 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 there's no free lunches and the math actually doesn't work that way the last thing i'll even say is a lot of people that teach about infinite banking are all about arbitrage or like well if you're making five or six percent over here and and you're only paying this like you're actually winning in the end and for me if you again follow any of our content i'm like no, you're not getting cash on cash arbitrage. You might be paying, you will be paying a greater interest rate to the insurance company than what you're making in your policy. And so the next best question is, then why should I do this you know, infinite banking strategy? And the reason is life insurance gives you so many more benefits than just the cash IRR. It just, it gives you way more benefits than just the rate of return that your money's growing. If that's all you care about, infinite banking should not be attractive. But if you if you understand and care about the all the other benefits that life insurance gives your family, not just today, but in the future, and gives you options, and there's so many other privacy benefits, tax benefits, different retirement income benefits. If you understand all the benefits there, it's far more valuable for you to have that and borrow against your policy so that you get all those benefits in the future 
and have control over your money. Like that's, that makes sense. But if the only thing you care about is the rate of return that you're getting on your policy and you want to make a quick arbitrage when you go on vacation or something, I'm telling you, it won't work out and you will get frustrated. And you'll probably say that infinite banking is a scam because people sold you, you know, this, this bill of goods that you're going to like arbitrage your money. It's a whole life contract between you and an insurance company that's max funded that gives you the ability to store and use capital that protects your family from day one that allows your money to continue to grow gives you the ability to control your money gives you options in the future that's why that's it quote unquote infinite banking when done right so if you have videos or thoughts that you want me to react to um, please, please share them and please let me know your thoughts in the comments. I appreciate you. This show is only made possible because you guys continue to like and watch and share. And, and, and for that, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Have an intentional rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.